Welcome to the School Yoga Coach Podcast. My name is Molly, and I am a middle school teacher, a trauma-informed yoga teacher, and I'm the founder of the Instructional Yoga Coach Training Program, because we believe that every school needs a yoga teacher. Hi, how are you all doing? This is... Uh, an interesting time to be alive, isn't it? And it's some interesting things we're living through. And I'm sure all of us are trying to make sense of what's going on around us. Um, the corona, coronavirus, COVID-19, um, has swept all the way around the world, right? It's made an entire circle around the world and has impacted nearly everybody, I would say. I don't know. Maybe there are people who have not been impacted, but I think it's a, a safe bet to say that everyone's been impacted. Some people have been devastatingly impacted, many people. Um, many more people have been temporarily impacted and some of those are also pretty pretty dramatic impact um, and some of us or sometimes it's both uh, some of us are have been inconvenienced a lot and right now I'm going to put myself in that category uh, as a teacher um, I'm you know I haven't seen my students in a few weeks I am lucky enough to be able to do some remote teaching with the kids, but that's brand new to us as a school and as a district. But it's also exciting for me because it's something new. But I was thinking about, um, you know, how this is impacting me personally, my family directly, and then contrasting that with how it's impacting people around the world. And I don't know if this is something you do, but sometimes I get hung up on watching or listening to every person out there and what, you know, what the news is saying and what the experts are saying and what individual anecdotes are saying. And um, that can have a couple of different impacts on me. Sometimes it helps to calm me, like I get more information and I'm like, okay, okay, I understand it better. Um, and sometimes, a lot of times, especially if I stay with it too long, I feel myself just kind of ramping up in terms of my fear response, you know. And it's not that I find myself being more afraid, but I find myself doing things that I now am aware of. Um, as my fear habits when there's no immediate danger. So what are those things? Eating impulsively, clenching my jaw, um, clenching my body. I, I know my eyes are open more widely like as I'm watching this stuff or listening to it. Um, and then sometimes actual emotions of fear or sadness those, you know, I can recognize those too. But what it means is that everything that is going into my mind is traveling through my body as well. And in yoga, we know that 
what our body is experiencing right now, the way our body moves and acts and responds right now is a result of perhaps years <laughs> or at least um, a past experience, a past story. So what makes this experience a little different? Well, I don't really have a past story to bring to this one. This is pretty brand new. So, um, you know, I think I'm trying to figure things out as I, as a lot of you are. So I'm going to step back a bit because, uh, A, I find that to be very soothing. And if it helps you um, put your hand over your heart and what that does, that, that actually signals to your body that you're stepping back and you are protected. So I'm doing that right now. I hope you will do that with me, um, especially if you're feeling a little bit stressed. But even if you're not, it's just such a lovely, comforting feeling. And I kind of want to like talk through the way I, from a, from a distant standpoint, the way I kind of see this unfolding up to this point and then probably going forward. So here's what I saw. The world is trucking along <laughs> in its status quo. And of course, the natural status quo for our world is, you know, a lot of fluctuation in um, economics and health and trade and governing and all sorts of things. But that's our, that's been our status quo. And I would say it's been our status quo forever, <laughs> right, to some extent. And then suddenly this um, virus took hold and confused a lot of people. Like, what's going on? What happened? What does this mean? So a lot of confusion. I know from my standpoint, I was like, wait, I don't understand. Is this serious or not serious? I don't get it, right? That was my response for a while was, I don't get it. Then as it became clear that this was something to be concerned about, um, then an uncertainty landed. And I was like, well, what's going to happen? Am I going to get it? What's going to happen? Are we going to have to um, shelter in place? Am I going to have? Am I going to be able to continue to teach? Am I going to be able to have my track season with my seventh grade and eighth graders? So a lot of uncertainty. And then when it became evident that that the wave was approaching, um, then I think I, as well as people around me, kind of felt. A threat to our survival and survival can be a lot of different things right it can be a threat to my physical survival and that is very very real but there's also threat to my financial survival uh, threat to my mental health survival threat to my relationships surviving you know um, threat to like our communication so a lot of these threats entered into the picture and now I've watched as whether it's been myself or others try things and some of them work and some of them don't right because this is brand new it's a time of trial and error because we don't have a lot we have some things to look back on but 
mostly it's like, I don't know, what do we do in this case? So with the teaching, I don't know, let's try it, right? Let's see if this works. Oh, that didn't work. That's too much or that's too hard for the kids or, oh, oh, let's just send kids home. Oh, really? Half of our um, children in education, in public education, aren't going to be fed then? Like, wow, that's, a, that's an error in our ways. So learning these trial and errors. So not to freak you out, but that's a pretty like dramatic story up to this point. But here's what I also know, and I see it happening already. Things are changing. And some of those things that are changing are amazing. Awesome. Things are becoming more um, open to people. Systems are moving more quickly. Systems are interacting more. Individuals are helping out in ways that they previously maybe either couldn't or wouldn't. So we do see as a result of this trial and error, uh, things that are getting people to do something different to approach things in a different way. And then here's where I know the story leads. So we're not there yet, but I I have no doubt, no doubt that the story leads to a transformation. Because this too shall pass, whether it passes in a month or several months. I don't think it will take many years, but even if that were to, to happen, transformation will occur. So kind of what I just walked through is the plot line for every good story I've ever read. How about you? Life imitates art and art imitates life. And one of um, the art forms that I'm really into is the art of literature. And it's for this reason. So these elements of story, starting with the status quo, entering in something confusing, creating uncertainty, leading to some sort of threat or danger, trying and failing and trying and failing until finally we try, succeed, and transform. Isn't that the typical arc of a story? Now, before you say, well, that's fiction, Molly. No, that is life, and that is why fiction is written that way. And if you doubt it, just look back in any time period, right? Any time period of great tragedy, great uncertainty, great changes, what happened after? Clearly, we moved on. Something happened. Now, here's where um, I know that you might be taking some issue with me. It's like, well, yeah, but not for me or not for that person. So this is where we take story and we separate it into our collective story. And that could be collective as the human race or collective as these shared beings on this planet Earth. And then there's also the individual story, my story. And we all go through 
an individual story with every confusing, uncertain challenge that we meet. And we go through those same things. We have the opportunity to go through. We do go through this whole thing. And if you're like, yeah, I haven't transformed. I haven't felt any transformation. Then where are we or you or I in this storyline? Maybe you're in the place of trial and error. Maybe you're still in the place of uncertainty. So what I want us to do as adults, right, as the caretakers, is understand the collective story from a place of detachment. I guess you would call that in yoga. Detachment, meaning not uncaring, but observing. Let's observe the collective story and how there are probably more factors involved than we're looking at when we just watch, say, the news. We have an entire ecosystem that's included in this story, don't we? It's not just about humans. It's about our climate. It's about the, our animals. It's about the fauna and flora. So just being able to observe allows us to maybe make that collective story a little bit bigger. And what's hard about that, observing the collective story, is we want to put individuals in it. And so when we start doing that, let's just come back to our own individual story. Because that is the story you write. You write the individual story for yourself. And that can be wherever in the, the storyline you find yourself right now. So if you find yourself in a state of uncertainty, well, then you have an opportunity to move into the next um, the next area, which is trial and error. So what are you going to try? And of course, what do you, why are you going to try this? And I think for all of us, we are trying to survive as a collective species. But what are you wanting to survive? And then, of course, after survival comes that transformation, right? The thing you decide to change and then you're changing it for now. And you know it's a transformation if it's like, and once this is over, this is who I will now be. So for myself, um, I am trying to be more observant and less reactive to everything. And my hope is that when this is over, I will transform a little bit or a lot to someone who is better able to observe and respond instead of react. Right? Instead of just reacting out of fear or anger or impatience. So that's my individual, I don't know, goal for transformation 
And then here's the other thing. Uh, so let's talk about our kids. Kids get to create their own story too. And I think um, as adults, and, and you might disagree with me, that's fine. I think there's a range here. Um, but I think as adults in the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years, maybe more, we've tried very hard to protect children from anything painful in their story. And the irony of it is, of course, that our kids are coming to us having living through more trauma than ever, at least that we're aware of. And um, there, I don't know, there are probably a bunch of reasons for that we can talk about later. But let's let them experience this in their way and then as adults we are there to help guide the path not to create it for them so for example I see kids responding to this in a couple of different ways one they don't care I see this all the time as people being like those awful teenagers they act like they don't care it's not going to happen to them blah 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 you know, that's, I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned about it, but um, we are, what we're deciding is that their story should be our story. Our fear should be their fear, right? Um, so that's one way we see some kids reacting, right? Looks like they don't care. Obviously, if they're little, maybe they really don't, like they're unaware. Is that good or bad? What do we want? Are we trying to protect them? Or are we trying to insulate them? Or are we just trying to help them grow? I see some kids um, who just are having fun with this. Kind of goes along with the same thing. Oh, this is fun. You don't get to be in school. I know um, one of the things that school districts and states are considering is, you know, if, if kids are now remotely learning, how can we grade them? So no grades, no grades. And the big fear in teachers is, oh no, if there's no grade, what will they do? They have no reason to do this work. So once again, that's my story about the importance of grades that I'm placing on kids who are not even around me right now. Like why should we decide that that doesn't that learning doesn't matter to kids unless they don't get they get a grade? And the flip side of that is, so are you telling me that these kids that you're so concerned about, um, that they were 100% invested when they were getting the grade? So once, I don't know, but that might be something to try and find out what fails. And maybe we're in the place of going, well, huh, maybe we should do this trial and error about grades. If that's what we are so concerned about. That grades are the only thing that motivate kids to learn something new. I kind of disagree with that. Um, I also see kids that are stressed, right? Worried, asking questions. What's going on? How do I know? When will this happen? So that, I think, is where we as adults might kind of swoop in and try to avoid stressing out kids and I'm gonna say like let's not do that to them 
we don't need to add fear to them, but we don't need to remove this opportunity to grow through stress either. They can learn what it's like to be um, bored, to be confused, to be uncertain, to be lonely, to be without things that they were used to, to try something new, to change the way they do things so that as they grow, they become more resilient. They become more resourceful. They become more patient with themselves. They take more pride in what they do. I don't know. And, you know, that's the transformation. And I think when we remove the stress from kids, we remove their chance to transform, their opportunity to transform. And I think this has been a problem for a while, but now we're living in a situation that's so uncertain, we're all kind of there. So we can um, help kids with stress the same way we should be helping ourselves through the stress. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, Of course, the next way would be kids who are experiencing a trauma as a result of this as of this pandemic, maybe from the loss of a, of a loved one. That's pretty awful. Maybe by losing um, something that they need for their survival. Maybe by watching someone, an adult, they depend on watching an adult, um, you know, have a really rough time of it with addiction or anger or um, their mental health. So those might be traumatic for kids, but the virus itself isn't, guys. It isn't. And we can all use this as an opportunity to transform our individual story and to help children write their story of resilience. And let me emphasize, it doesn't have to like the happy ending doesn't have to occur in a in a day or a month or a year. This might not happen for years when our kids reflect and look back and say, you know, I remember that time. And this is what I learned to be patient with my little brother. Or, oh my gosh, I remember how much fun I had with my mom and dad playing cards every night. So the story should belong to them um and and i want to encourage you to be the role model of resilience to be the role model of routine self-care and that detachment from the collective story meaning we can watch it we can learn about it and we can assume and, and watch for the transformation in our whole culture. And then we just get to ask ourselves, who am I going to be in this collective story? What role am I going to play in this collective story? Because this collective story is a story of heroes and it's a story of villains, isn't it? 
just like every story. It's a story of comedic relief. It's a story of sidekicks and supporting actors. Who am I going to be in this collective story and how can I create that story for myself going forward? So um, I just wanted to share that with pretty much everybody. I, I, it, as an English teacher, I am so tired of people coming up to me and being like, oh, don't check my spelling or my grammar. That's not why I'm an English teacher. I'm an English teacher because story is our life. And our life is not just more entertained by story. Our life is formed by the stories. The stories of the past, the stories of each other, and most importantly, the story we keep telling ourselves. So I encourage you to tell yourself every day that you are a hero in this story, that you are resilient in this story, and that you cannot wait to see the transformation that occurs in yourself, in your family, and in your world as a result. Please take care. Thinking about you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for joining me um, on the School Yoga Coach podcast. If you'd like to learn more or um, check out some of the resources that I am sharing with both teachers and yoga teachers, please visit www.schoolyogacoach.com. Stay well, everybody.